And welcome back to Seeing God in the Everyday. I am so glad that you are here with us. We have got a a great episode for you this week, a little different. Um, Right now in our society here in the United States, we've been going through a lot. It started back in uh, really the beginning of 2020. We've been going through some uh, different things, and we just kind of over the last few months been going through this COVID thing, and the world has been going through the COVID thing. We seem to be coming out of that, and we seem to be learning more and more every day about the virus and how to handle it and how to deal with it, and it seems like we're finally pulling out of that. But then our nation kind of made a turn in the last few weeks, and I need to address it. I need to talk about it. You know, I made this podcast because I wanted to talk about positive things. I wanted to encourage people. Um, My goal is to, the name of it, Seeing God in the Everyday, is I truly believe that God is everywhere, that God is working in our lives, everybody. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, that God is there. He's making himself available to you. Um, I try to look for where God is in different things. And there's there's times where I see him in working in people's lives. I see him in different things. I try to bring out some of the things because I believe truth is truth and that God is truth and God is the speaker of truth. So things that are of him and that are truth, even spoken by people who are non-believers or people that don't even believe in the truth, that sometimes they actually do speak truth. I try to look at those things, acknowledge those things, because I do think that we sometimes focus on the inward things. We find sometimes we focus on uh, the things that only we see around us and we think how they should look. And sometimes it's really good to get outside of that box and get outside of that that frame, maybe see God in different ways, maybe see the world in different ways, you'll have a better understanding of who God is. You know, I again, I I truly believe that God is just revealing himself all through creation, you know, even the invisible things, even the the birds and the rocks and the things like that will actually proclaim his name and show his greatness and majesty. Remember hearing recently or not recently, but I remember hearing a while back that even the the universe has a song this song is proclaiming who God is, and I just, I take joy in that, and I try to look for those things. I try to be positive. I try to convey that, and that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast, and it's been kind of difficult here in 2020 because we have had some things that have been a lot lot more serious, trying to be able to uh, bring light and levity sometimes in serious moments. It's it's not always the uh, the appropriate thing to do, and in this situation, it's not appropriate. But I think it is something I do want to address because even in the midst of all of the craziness going on with uh, what's been happening in the last few weeks here in the United States, I, I do think that there is somewhere where we can see God in this to where we can bring the light of Jesus in this and we can walk away from this situation changed but not so much changed in a negative, but changed in the way that God wants to see to see us live our lives, because I, I truly believe that is the purpose. So this last week, it, it happened on May 25th, and there was a, a man, a young man, I, I want to say young man because he was actually uh, two years younger than me, and uh, a young man was arrested, and he was arrested for doing a petty crime, and was, I'm going to say it, he was brutally murdered. 
um, by a police officer. Now, here's the thing, is that anytime abuse is used, anytime excessive force is used, it, it's wrong. It, it doesn't matter if it's uh, a white cop and a, and a black individual, a black cop and a white individual, a husband to a wife, a, a man to a child, or a, a a mother to her child. Whenever excessive force is used, it's uncalled for and it's wrong. And this man, George Floyd, was murdered in the streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now, he did something wrong. He he broke the law and he should have been dealt with in the way that he broke the law. He should not have been killed. Now, I truly believe that this is a situation where this police officer has a history. He's been abusive before. He has caused problems before. He's had many write-ups before. And as I'm doing this podcast, there's been some information just recently that George Floyd and this police officer, who I'm not going to mention his name, this police officer, have had run-ins in the past. They knew each other. He actually knew this man. The police officer knew this man. So this was not just a random police officer who saw a black man doing a crime and attacked him and and killed him. This is a police officer who knew someone who was abusive and he used abusive, abusive force and excessive force on a man. Now, I, I don't know why the police officer did that, but I do know what he did was wrong. There is no excuse for what he did, and it was flat out wrong. Now, to say all that, we need to talk about what happened afterwards. Because what happened afterwards were people were upset. People were very frustrated because there's been a history of this in many communities, many black communities, where the police officers have been abusive. You know, I think about when we were going through the height, the peak of the COVID thing, and the woman who took her kids to the playground This woman takes her kids to the playground, lets them play. There's no other children there. There's nobody else around there. And what did they do? They grabbed her. They threw her to the ground. They handcuffed her, and they took her all away. Okay, there was no need for that. So there is a culture. There is a culture out there that there there is brutality going on. There is police brutality that is happening. I think also... Okay, you're going to hear that phrase a lot from me because I've been thinking about this for a while. But I think also that our politicians, our leaders, our civic leaders have put our police in a horrible position. I think we've put them in a position that they can't win one way or the other. We need the police there to protect us, to serve when it's a situation where we can't defend ourselves. You know, I I think of my parents. My parents are up in age. I'm glad to know that if someone who was younger was trying to break into their house or was trying to attack them in some way that there would be a police officer there who could defend them protect them and serve them and so that's kind of why we have the police there because we as a citizenry did not want to have like it was back in the old west okay the last thing i think anyone wants is that, you know, we're all walking around with sidearms and everybody's on edge waiting for the next jack or club to hit the table 
and see if somebody's going to get shot in the in pool hall. So we don't want everyone walking around with a sidearm just walking down the streets. Now, I, I do believe in the Second Amendment. I do believe in the right to bear arms. I do believe um, that you can conceal and carry. I, I do believe in all of that. But we do not want the Old West. We do not want to have duels in the middle of our streets. We have progressed past that. We need to make sure that our police officers who are there to protect and serve, that our leaders, our civic leaders, are providing for them the best things, as in leadership. Making rules and making laws that are ridiculous has no place. New York City has a cigarette law. Well, guess what? The police were enforcing that cigarette law that you can't break open a pack and sell heaters, and that's how another man was attacked, wrestled to the ground, and he died. Our civic leaders, our mayors, our governors, our leadership, political leaders, they need to think about what they're doing and the repercussions of the laws they're making and the laws they're signing. They've got to think about how is this going to be enforced. They've got to stop thinking about what am I going to do to get elected and what am I actually going to do to protect the citizenry. And I do. I think police officers have been been horribly, horribly put in a bad place. Now, here's another thing I thought. There are bad cops. There are police officers who are unfit to be on the police force. Now, do I believe it's the majority? I do not believe it's the majority because if it was the majority, we would have anarchy. Okay, I served in the military. When I was in the military, we had a few bad apples. I had a platoon about 45 guys, three of those guys literally would bring all of us down. These guys were not good guys. These guys stole from people. They picked fights with people. They caused problems with people. Out of the 45, three of them were bad. And I think that's kind of what we got going on in our police forces. I don't know the ratios, but I do know that there's bad cops. And I do know that there is a culture, there is a police culture, of allowing bad cops to get away with bad things. There is a code. There is a blue code. And if you get pulled over while you're doing 90 miles an hour in a 65, but you have the badge, you don't get a ticket. Well, you know what? That's wrong because you were doing 95 in a 60 or a 65. You were putting me in danger because of your being reckless and breaking the law. So I would expect that you would be held to the same standard. And it's not happening that way. And what has happened is over the years, over the years, that has grown, that has grown to what we have today. And we do have bad cops that are getting away with things. We have police officers who feel superior because they know that they're not going to get in trouble. And that's a shame. And it's a bad mark on all police officers. Just like one soldier can be a bad mark on all soldiers. You know, just like here in the church, one pastor can leave a bad mark for all pastors and churches. So let's look at people individually when we're doing this. So I've gone through a lot of things here already. I've already jumped off my notes. But one of the things I wanted to say is that this gentleman, George Floyd, should not have died. He should not have been killed. I believe he was murdered. I believe he was killed. And the police officer that did this and the other ones that were there should be held accountable. A hundred percent. A hundred percent should be held accountable. There should be justice. Now, you might be thinking, because I've yet to mention it, and 
I've actually stayed away from saying it. But you might be sitting there going, well, Dan, you've, you've not mentioned race at all. You've not brought up the, the race factor at all. And there's a reason why in this. I, I, I wanted to kind of get my feelings on this and get my observations on this out. That I believe that this attack that was done by this police officer was police brutality. I believe that this was done because they knew each other. The police officer knew George. Whether or not he was racist almost doesn't even matter here, but I know it does matter. So I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. But I wanted to share how I'm looking at this and as I feel that there is a systemic problem in our police forces. There is a systemic problem um, where there is brutality. There are those who are using their badge for wrong and that needs to be addressed it needs to be addressed with all parts of police officers all parts of police work and again i do believe that there are good police officers i believe the majority of the police officers out there are good who are working hard to protect and to serve their communities the police athletic league the many of the of outstanding citizens in communities are the police officers. They're great people. They're wonderful people. And we need to remember that in all of this, that there can be one or two bad ones. Now, there is that systemic problem that needs to be dealt with and needs to be rooted out. It's got to be dealt with. Now, let's talk about race for a second. Because what happened in the middle of all of this was that it turned into a racial thing it became a racial subject. Now, again, I'm going to say that I believe that there could have been race a part of this, but from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading and what I'm learning is that this was a bad cop. Now, does that mean that there's a race problem in the United States? There is a race problem in the United States, and there is a race problem in the United States when it deals with black Americans and police officers. There's a problem. There's a huge problem. And we've seen it throughout the years with crime, with poverty, with the young men being uh, incarcerated at such a higher rate. So there is an issue there. There is something that has to be dealt with and has to be talked about and has to be solved. It has to be solved. Now, I was doing some research on this. And again, this is why it's taken me uh, almost two weeks to come out with my podcast on this and mention this. There are organizations out there that are pushing this race narrative, not so much to solve it, but to kind of cause more problems. And I'm going to just say this, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to stir up controversy or whatever, but I've been doing some research on some different organizations that represent the black community different organizations that are specifically in place to represent the black community, not just locally, but nationally and now internationally. And as I read this information and I read what they're about and I read what they stand for, some of it is very good. Some of it I agree with. Some of it I can stare and say, yes, we can come together on that. But then there's other things that they're talking about that I I, I can't stand for that. That's where I know there's a disconnect. I didn't grow up in 
predominantly black neighborhood, predominantly black community. I am trying to learn and trying to see and trying to understand. But I also know that in some of these things, some of these stands that some of these organizations are taking and are making, it's not going to help the problem at all because we have a, a, a problem completely and there's a root sin problem to all of this. And to me, the root sin problem is not the branches. It is a deeper sin problem where human life is not being respected. Human life is no longer precious. Human life is no longer something that we cherish. And I'm not just talking about the black community. I'm talking about the white community, the Hispanic community. We've traded truth for a lie. Because, see, I believe that God loves all children. And that's the way I see him as God's children. We're all God's children. God loves us equally. God wants us to love each other, not to attack each other. He wants us to treat each other with respect. He wants us to cherish the life that we have. So I believe that we need to, supporting organizations and trying to see change, that we take the time and and don't just jump to an organization. And I think we should support some organizations. I think we need change. I think something has to happen. Make sure you're looking at what these organizations stand for. What are they trying to promote? There's a lot of good organizations in the black community that are promoting a lot of good things and are encouraging a lot of good things. There are some in the black community that are not encouraging good things. So I encourage you, as you look for someone or something to support, to get change in this, that you look at who and what you're supporting. The other thing is, is that I think that we need to look at it ourselves. We need to take a few minutes, a few days, a few weeks, and really look at how we actually feel about our brothers and sisters. You know, it's one of those things that you can sit back and you can look, and if you look long enough at someone who's different, you'll find things that are wrong. If you're picking and you're looking at it to try to find something wrong, you will. If you look at things and trying to look for the good in things, you'll find that as well. So I think we need to look at ourselves and how we treat each other. How do we really think about each other's race? How do we really sit down and think about our brothers and sisters in Christ? We have friends that live in South America. I have friends in Ecuador and Peru and Guatemala. I have friends in Denmark. I have friends in Kenya. And so all of these people that I have all over the world that are my friends, I love them. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ. They are equally created and they are special and precious and they needed to be treated as such. And I think we need to look at that as a society. And I believe the onus falls on the church. Okay, and here's where I'm going to preach a little bit. And I've kind of been preaching this whole time on this whole thing. But I'm kind of getting these things out. And I think you guys understand that even though I've been thinking about this, this is still kind of raw and kind of opinionated because it is something where I feel like it's important to speak. I think we all need to look at this thing of race. And I was doing some research on this and I came across an article. And this is an interview that was done with Billy Graham. We all know, you know, everyone knows Billy Graham. And Billy Graham traveled the world. There was not a country that he did not go to 
uh, to preach the gospel so that men and women, boys and girls, would come to Jesus Christ. He preached to every nation, every tribe, every tongue he could get to. He went all over the world, whether they were white, whether they were black, whether they were, as the song goes, yellow. He preached to everyone. This is an article that was uh, published asking Billy Graham a simple question. And the question says this. It's, it's from the writer of the article. It says, I grew up believing that my race was superior to every other race. And the reason I was taught was because that the Bible teaches that, doesn't it? If so, then I don't want anything to do with your faith. This was the question that was posed to Billy Graham. Billy Graham answers, no, that is not what the Bible teaches. In fact, the Bible teaches exactly the opposite. Because it tells us God created every race equally in his image, and he loves every race equally. The Bible says, from one man he made all nations. We are God's offspring. And that comes from Acts 17, 26, and 29. He continues by saying, It is true that some have tried to use the Bible to justify racism. You may have heard, for the example, that God supposedly put a curse on Ham, one of Noah's three sons, some of whose descendants would eventually migrate to Africa. But nothing could be further from the truth. God was actually warning about the future of one of Ham's sons, Canaan, who became the founder of of some of the peoples in the ancient of the Middle East. Okay, and you can look that up in Genesis 9, 24 through 27 and 10, 15. He continues by saying this, Racism of any type is wrong in God's eyes, and it should be wrong in our hearts and minds as well. God's love is not restricted to one group or one race, and neither should ours. When Jesus went on the cross, he gave his life for all people, for all races, in all backgrounds. In some day in heaven, we'll be joined with all of those who Christ died from every tribe and language and people and nation. Revelation 5.9. Don't let the errors of a few keep you from Christ. God loves you. And the most important step you can ever take is to respond to his love by committing your life to Jesus Christ. Open your heart and life to his love today. And that was an article that was in the um, Tribune, actually was posted in the Kansas City Star. Billy Graham's correct that we do not need to be living a life of racism, that God did die for every race, for every tribe, every tongue. We as a family, we are doing our best to try to reach the, the utmost parts of the world, to take the gospel to people who've never heard it, because there are people in this world who've never heard who Jesus Christ is. So one of my goals is to do what I can to take the gospel to those people because I don't want anyone to die. I want to show God's love to everyone and let them know who Jesus is and that they can believe in him and have eternal life with him. Now, if we believe that Jesus dying on the cross saves the sinner, Jesus died on the cross for everyone because the Bible says, for we've all sinned. The white man has sinned. The black man has sinned. The red man has sinned. The yellow man has sinned. We've all sinned. And Jesus died for us all because God loves us all. So do what you can do. You don't have to get on public forum and start blasting people on Facebook. Please don't do that. 
You don't have to buy t-shirts and go to rallies and wave flags. You don't have to do that either. But love your brother. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you care about him. Don't look at people and because they're different, look down upon them. Our goal as believers is to encourage everyone to Christ. Our goal as believers is to put our hand out and help to lift up anyone who's in the miry clay. There's a community in our land right now in the United States that's hurting. And we need to do what we can do to help them. We need to love on them. We need to encourage them. We need to even let them vent a little bit. And when I mean venting, I don't mean rioting. I mean venting. But we do need to sit down at the table and we need to talk. And we need to have some hard discussions because people are dying for no reason. People are dying because there are bad people that are being left unchecked. And through its police brutality, through its murder in the streets of Chicago, through its racism, we need to learn to love one another. We need to learn to respect life again because all life is precious in God's eyes. I know this week was a little different. Thank you for letting me li- for letting me talk. We're hopefully that this thing will be different. It won't be behind us. It won't just all of a sudden be better next week. But I hope it's different. And I hope we're moving in a direction to heal our land. Because we we know how to do it. Because if my people shall humble themselves and pray, then God will heal the land. It's up to the Christians. It's up to us who believe to stand firm and to stand tall for Christ and to love our brother. That's all I have for you this week. And God bless you guys. Continue to look for those opportunities. Continue to see God in your everyday because he's there. He's talking to you. He's he's loving on you and uh, continue to look for him. Thank you guys so much for listening and letting me uh, go on and on and on this week. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.